Hey my friends, how's it going? Hope you're all doing really well. Happy February. It's hard to believe that one month of 2022 has already passed. I hope that the first month of 2022 has been good to you. Um, I was actually watching a video of one of the YouTubers that I watch and she's had a really rough start to 2022. Um, and she was like, 2022 officially starts in February now because January was just a terrible month for her. Um, so I hope that you guys are all doing well. I hope that so far 2022 has been good. Um, I have a couple of things I want to get get into first before I get into today's discussion. The first thing is that I have decided that I'm going to be posting every two weeks now. Um, just because my schedule right now is a little hectic. It's a little crazy. There's a lot going on and I think I talked about this before. In last in the last episode about volunteering at an animal clinic and working on applications for grad school and vet school both at the same time so um, I haven't really had a lot of time to myself and my weekends tend to be pretty packed just because all the stuff that I can't get done during the week when I'm at the hospital um, ends up getting done during the weekends and I'm having to help my mom out with things and my brother and like the rest of my family just we have a lot of stuff going on on the weekend so um it's been hard to find time to just put together a podcast and plan things um so for now just every other week instead of the usual every week um i know in the past i have done like breaks where i have done episodes every other week so um this isn't like a permanent thing this is just for now um i don't know how long it will last because it all depends on what happens i'm hoping to start a masters this spring in the may in may um so we'll see how things go um but for now it'll be every other week um the next thing that i want to get into is talking about last week's episode i went back and listened to it and i honestly wasn't a big fan of um my voice and just like the way that i sounded in the last episode I was okay with the topics that I discussed and like the whole like stigma around mental health and I think I did a pretty decent job um, getting my points across but for some reason the audio kept like cutting out for some reason. I don't know if that um, is just like from my kind of my phone and like using it using Spotify on my web browser or if there was like an issue with the mic or something. Um, also my voice was really hoarse um, especially like in the last bit of the episode um i'd been sneezing a lot that week when i recorded because we've been doing a lot of cleaning in our house and there's a lot of dust like in our basement and stuff and it makes me sneeze a lot and like my voice i guess just turned really hoarse after sneezing so much that day so i really apologize for the poor quality in the last episode um i also wanted to mention that these types of episodes where I'm talking about things like really big issues like mental health or things like homophobia or racism, obviously these are really, really big societal issues and they're too big to cover just in one single episode. So there will be episodes in the future where we will talk on mental health again and we might try getting into like a different part of mental health. I know the last episode kind of was really on the stigma and I kind of want to do one on like different types of mental health disorders 
um, mental health during the pandemic and mental health in like young adulthood, stuff like that. And so we won't just be visiting it one time. This will definitely be like a recurring topic that we discuss on here. And again, um, I think there are a lot of subtopics within some of these really huge things. Like obviously with something like racism is so huge. There are so many subtopics within racism, like um, anti-black racism and then racism in during the pandemic, racism in like the workforce, things like that. So I feel like I need to dedicate time to getting into like more of the specifics and those will definitely be coming in the future. Um, in terms of other topics, like I mentioned, um, for most of what I've done so far, we've talked a lot about self-growth and kind of just self-improvement and stuff like that so far. But I do want to start expanding um, more of what I get into. Um, I already mentioned that I want to do these really big topics um, like societal issues with things like mental health and racism, homophobia, feminism, sexism, all stuff like that. But I also want to do like some science related conversations. Um, and just because like I do have a science background and I, I feel like I could be talking a lot about that. Um, just because it is like my area of expertise. Um, and then I also want to do some like really lighthearted conversations. I feel like so far we've talked about like really deep, um, really deep topics and like really like really like really just difficult conversations that we've had on here, whether it's about growth and dealing with mistakes and um like trying to be an adult and obviously things like societal issues and like really big like um, like all the discrimination that we face and stuff in the world today. So a lot of the topics that we've talked about so far are really deep and really meaningful, but I also just want to do like casual type of conversations, like just for fun. I'm thinking of doing something like a book review, um, analyzing like music lyrics. I know we did that once a few months ago and that's actually the best episode. That one has like the most views, most listens, I should say. Um, so I definitely want to do something related to that just because obviously like Music is such a big part of my my identity, so I definitely want to do some more like fun, lighthearted types of conversations. Um, I also want to start doing this where at the start of each episode, I want to just talk about one positive thing and one negative thing that I experienced that week, or like give you some type of life update. So basically like a weekly high and a weekly low, and then each month I also want to do like a monthly favorites or something like that, um, just because... I think it makes things more interesting and I also think it helps those of you that are listening get to know me better. Um, so I just thought like instead of diving straight into like the conversation that we're having for that week, I could start it off a bit more lighthearted and talk to you about some of the things that I've been enjoying, just talk to you about what I've been getting up to. So yeah, and that being said, I will do um, my weekly high and weekly low for this week. And because it is the start of February and January is officially over, I do have some January favorites. Um, and then I'll get into what we're actually going to be discussing here for this week. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. So my highlight for the week is basically just being able to restrain cats and dogs with more confidence, I guess. Um, and I included this because I used to work at a small animal hospital before I started my fourth year and it was a good job. I, I enjoyed it for the most part, but I just, the environment wasn't the best, I think. I think 
the people that I was working with, I didn't really get along with. We didn't really all see eye to eye. And I mean, it wasn't just me who felt this way. Like a lot of us there working felt that way. And I lost a lot of confidence just because like my boss wasn't the most encouraging. And like he, he just wasn't the greatest boss. I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to get into the details, but I lost a lot of confidence after I had ended up leaving that job. And I just felt like I wasn't good enough to be working there. And this actually goes into kind of relates to what we'll be talking about today, which is imposter syndrome. So I had a lot of imposter syndrome while working there and I just didn't feel good enough because I kept being told that I wasn't good enough and like I was the type of person that like I didn't know much about like working like as an actual employee at an animal hospital. All the previous roles that I had were all like volunteer positions or like internships and things like that. So I think the expectations were just really high and there was a lot of pressure and every time I didn't know how to do something or every time I tried to ask a question, I would just get put down by pretty much everybody there. Um, they would literally say like, oh, you should know this or like they basically just like wanted me to know everything, even though like I didn't know everything. And I think that was the expectation. And you actually can go to school to like be a registered veterinary technician, which a veterinary technician is basically like a nurse is equivalent to a nurse that you would see like in a doctor's office or a hospital. Um but you also can get hired as a veterinary assistant and um, this is basically like just you learning on the job, like learning how to do all the different things. But anyway, I had lost a lot of confidence after that job and now that I started volunteering at a new clinic that's closer to where I live, I've been helping out um, with appointments and stuff like that, which I did at my old job as well. Um, but I'm getting good. I, I feel like I'm happier at this place and I feel like there's less there's less pressure and there's less expectations and it's just more enjoyable and I used to have a fear of like restraining cats in particular just because it's not that I'm afraid of cats or that I dislike cats it's just cats are cats are kind of unpredictable compared to dogs in my opinion and especially like aggressive cats they kind of scare me a little and like being able to restrain them during appointments is a little bit trickier um it isn't to say that dogs are easy it's just Maybe it has to do with the fact that I have a dog myself, so I know a little bit more about dogs than I do cats. But yesterday we had a cat come in and she was super sweet. And like, I I felt nervous because um, it was my first time like restraining a cat in a very long time. And like, I did pretty well. I did decently. It wasn't amazing, but like, it was a good experience. It was a really good experience restraining that cat, considering I'm not the most comfortable with cat restraints. So Hopefully I continue to get better and continue to build more confidence in terms of my animal restraints, specifically with domestic cats. My weekly low um, is just that I'm having trouble kind of finding an advisor for my masters. Um, I've emailed like a bunch of professors and like the way it works is that you need to secure like someone, a professor in the department that you're applying to, to like basically take you on in their lab and Basically, you're working under them as part of your own master's. Um, and I've I've emailed a couple so far and a couple of them have straight up just said, no, I can't because I can't take on any more. Others just straight up haven't replied to me yet. And I'm still waiting for like four professors to reply. And I'm just getting kind of discouraged because I really want to do this and it seems interesting. And I didn't really get a chance to do any like research experience during my undergrad. So... It's just been hard trying to secure a professor to be my advisor and 
all the research seems really interesting. The master's program that I'm applying to is called clinical studies and its focus is basically on like improving animal health. So doing research in veterinary medicine, like there's a lot of research um, on like osteosarcoma in dogs, which is basically like bone cancer. Um, there's like research in stem cell therapy. Um, there's a lot of people like researching nutrition in like feline medicine. And so a lot of the people too, like a lot of the faculty members and a lot of the professors that are there and like in at my university in general, a lot of the vet, the professors at my school are veterinarians um, that do like research. They're research veterinarians. They also teach. Um, there is a vet school at my school as well. So a lot of them also teach as part of the veterinary um, the DVM program. Um, I had a couple of professors in my undergrad that were also veterinarians. So it would just be cool because I think this is something else that I need to talk about in a different episode. Um, I think most people associate being a veterinarian with like working in a hospital and dealing with cats and dogs all day, which is like the most common kind of path that veterinarians take um, is to work in small animal medicine and like the same way like um, a general practitioner, like a family doctor would for people. But there are a lot of veterinarians that do research and stuff and teach and work for the government and work with other types of animals too, like go onto farms, they work at zoos and things like that. So it would just be interesting, I think, um, to do a master's just because I I like clinical medicine. I like working in a hospital setting, but I also want to kind of get a feel for what it would be like to be a research veterinarian. And I want to be like up to date and like, I guess, just aware of some of the different issues in the veterinary medicine field, just because there's a lot of diseases and there's a lot of unknown questions, unknown things and like unanswered questions um and one of the professors I contacted actually researches idiopathic epilepsy in dogs which I think I've mentioned before that my dog actually has idiopathic epilepsy and there is a lot of research going on that I did contact her but unfortunately her lab is full and she can't take on any more students it would have been super cool to work with her especially because um having studied neuroscience and also having a dog that experiences this um would have been really cool but it's okay um i'm sure someone will take me in but hopefully i secure one soon because i really want to get going with the rest of my application and be able to submit it as quickly as i can so fingers crossed that i find somebody so my favorites for january um were my fitbit watch so basically this is a really like like a knockoff version of like an apple watch and it's really, it was like a really cheap Christmas present that my parents got me a couple of years ago. And I hadn't been using it for a while just because I wasn't going out anywhere. Um, and I have like a regular watch, like an analog watch, like a non, like, like a, just like a normal watch. Um, but the battery died and I don't know where to get like a battery replacement. Um, so I've been using my Fitbit whenever I go into work um, at the hospital and it keeps track of like my steps and everything, which my phone does anyway, but I just like it because it's just, it fits really well and like I like that it's just all black and I like that it just keeps track of everything. Like it'll tell me like what the time is, it's a clock, it will tell me if I have a new text message, if I turn like the notifications on and stuff like that. So it just, it works basically the same way an Apple Watch does, but it's not an Apple Watch, if that makes sense. My next favorite for January are my weights. I've been doing a lot of um, like slow weighted exercises 
um and i've actually felt like a really big difference especially like in my arms i think i've talked about this before um in like my 2021 reflection episode i did back in december but i have loved using weights for the last couple of months just because you feel a really big difference even if you can't necessarily see it i feel like i've um like i've built a lot more muscle over the last couple of months and like i've like i've I can't really see the difference like when I look in the mirror, but I can feel it and like it like it really makes you like work a sweat. Like I I use um workout videos that I find on YouTube and I just follow them and like add weights to it. Um if you just like look up like slow like slow weighted workouts on YouTube if you're interested or like strength training exercises with weights, there's some really good ones. I personally really like MadFit um she does like really good like 15 to 20 minute ones and like they make you sweat so much like you wouldn't think they would make you sweat um because it's not technically all cardio but it's more like strength training but they do really like make you like drip once you're done so if you're interested i would definitely check out madfit on youtube she has some really good videos that even like non like even like workouts without weights she has some really really good ones um, she's been my favorite so far, so definitely check those out if you're interested in using weights in your workouts because it really does make a difference. The next thing that I have on the list as one of my favorites for last month is non-scented hand lotion. So my hands get super, super dry during the winter and for some reason it's always my right hand that tends to be more dry than my left one and I actually do have like a tiny little scar because of how dry my hands are and the reason why I chose the non-scented hand lotion I do have scented ones is because working with animals like it's best not to have that much of a scent on you um like it, it's just it can be very overwhelming for them so I choose like the non-scented ones um just because you know working with animals don't want to be over um overstimulating them and it's just better Especially because sometimes like the ingredients, um, like certain plants and stuff, a lot of cats and dogs are allergic to plants or like it's toxic to some of these animals. Um, so I use the non-scented one just because it's safer. Um, and yeah, that's been one that I really like. I actually need to buy more um, because I'm starting to run out. And I wash my hands a lot. When you work in like a hospital or like any healthcare setting, you wash your hands like literally every hour and like your hands just get so dry. So hand lotion the next thing that i have on my list um are sticky notes slash pocket size notebooks so i use sticky notes a lot um pocket size notebooks i have one with me that i take to when i go and volunteer and this is where i just write down like all of my notes um if like they show me how to do something new um that i know that i'm probably gonna forget um i will just write it down and i also just like to keep a log of like all my hours and like how long i've been there and like I just like to keep a journal of every single thing that I do at each of my shifts um, just because like it's all for the experience and like I need to input my experience for vet school and like they'll ask you to like state exactly what you did. Um, so just writing down like any unique cases, um, stuff like that, um, it's just good to make sure that I remember all of those things and remember what I did so that I can go and put them into my application when the time comes. The last thing that I have on my favorites list for this month, something super random. <laughs> um, it is red pepper hummus. 
So my dad bought red pepper hummus a couple days ago and I've been putting them on like sourdough and eating that for breakfast. I like regular hummus, like just like the regular like chickpea flavored hummus, but the red pepper hummus just, I don't know, I think it's probably my favorite and I know hummus comes in like, you can get like different flavors, you can get different ones, but red pepper hummus has been my favorite and I've been loving it so far. So <laughs> those are my favorites for January. Um, I'll do these each month, so I'll do another favorites at the end of February, um, but the kind of weekly wins, I guess, will be like an every episode thing. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for kind of the intro to the episode. Um, now on to the actual content for what we're going to be talking about today. Um, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome just because I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to, and I actually listened to a different podcast episode on this a couple weeks ago and it was I honestly did not really know what imposter syndrome was and I did a, like quite a bit more research for this episode than I normally do normally the things that I talk about come straight from my heart and it's just like my own feelings and like my own thoughts but I did do some research and I do have some notes on here I've got my laptop open so I did some research on like what it actually is to have imposter syndrome and like there's some history behind it and kind of like um where it comes from and stuff like that so I hope this is something that you can relate to and I hope something that this is that you can enjoy because um I do have some like tips on how to deal with it at the end but anyway I'm gonna get started um the first thing that I have is just like a quick little kind of definition or kind of just describing what imposter syndrome is so in short, imposter syndrome is the feeling of just not being good enough and feeling like a fraud, basically. And essentially, you feel like you don't deserve the success that you've achieved, um, feeling unworthy of certain opportunities, a lot of self-doubt, doubting your skills, capabilities, and achievements, believing you're not as good as other people, or believing you're not as good as other people think you are. So this kind of the way that I like to think of this is like if someone gives you a compliment and like you're kind of quick to deny it. If you're like one of those people that doesn't know how to take a compliment. Like if someone's like, oh, like you're a really good ice skater or whatever. And then you're like, oh, I'm not that good. Like, you know, like not like taking the compliment and not feeling as good as other people think you are. Um, Something else that I think imposter syndrome includes is like telling people or like telling yourself, oh, I just got lucky. Or like, oh, like it was a coincidence, like it wasn't actually my efforts and like because I'm actually good at this that I achieved whatever this thing is. So, um, the I got lucky statement really applies to me. Um, I used to say this a lot in fourth year. Um, I got really good grades in fourth year despite most of things being online and despite it being like the most stressed I've ever been. Um, so, like, whenever, like, I, like, whenever, like, I share my grades with, like, my parents, like, they'll ask, like, oh, how are you doing in class? Or, like, at the end of the semester, they'll just ask, like, how was your semester? Like, how are exams? And, I'm, and like, I remember, some, like, telling my mom, like, yeah, I got, like, straight 90s on my exams or whatever, something like that. And then she was, like, that's really good. Like, that's, like, she was basically just complimenting me and, like, praising me for, like, my hard work or whatever. And I remember telling her, like, oh, like, I just got lucky because... You know, it was online and a couple of my exams were open book 
and like it made things easier like I like I basically was saying the reason that I had gotten such good grades on my exams were because like they made it easier because of everything being online and like if it had been like a regular exam if the pandemic wasn't going on and things were like in person then I probably wouldn't have gotten as good grades that I did so that's basically an example of just like you not acknowledging the fact that you actually did work hard to achieve something um but instead you kind of think that you just got lucky or it was just a coincidence or something like that so that's basically what it's like um so some research that i did um basically um apparently imposter syndrome is more likely to occur among high achievers that are unable to internalize or accept their success um questions that people with imposter syndrome often ask themselves are what gives me the right to be here or what makes me think that I'm good enough for this job or for this career or this position or you know people out like saying to themselves like oh like they might have they must have made a mistake hiring me or they must have made a mistake like allowing me to do this or something like that um some history behind imposter syndrome is that it was first documented in the early 70s primarily among women of color I find this especially interesting because in another podcast I was listening to um they were talking about like how um people in color in general tend to feel like they aren't as good compared to like their white counterparts um and that's it has to do with like history like and like being told and like living in a society where like white is seen as better and not just in terms of like appearance and stuff but like white is like white people are smarter or white people are more rich or white people are more likely to get this degree or more likely to make more money stuff like that and so i found it really interesting that it was first documented among women of color especially in the 70s um where this is like a time period where women's rights were just starting to become a thing and so there's also research conducted at the University of Texas that looked at their own students and found that Asian students were more likely to experience imposter syndrome and be perfectionists compared to students of other races. And what I found interesting about this is because um I feel like the Asian kind of community and this isn't me trying to generalize all Asians, but growing up in an Asian household and I think a lot of Asians might be able to relate to this. We are very pressured to kind of succeed and we're always kind of compared to like our cousins or our siblings, especially like young kids. I definitely grew up being compared to my older cousins and I think Asian families in general kind of have these really high expectations for their children to succeed in school and to like get really good grades. And I've kind of talked about this before in earlier episodes. Um, but it's just a thing like I think it also occurs in like it occurs in South Asian households like mine but it also occurs in East Asian households and I'm sure like it's not just the Asian household like I'm sure there are families of other races that also pressure like their children to doing really well in school and like having a good job stuff like that and going to university things like that but it is very common in Asian households to like compare your kids to other kids and like expect them to get like the best grades possible. So this research that they conducted at this university just proves that, I guess. 
Nowadays, imposter syndrome tends to affect women more than men, like it did in the past. However, more men are starting to experience imposter syndrome, um, though it does tend to affect women more. Many people who experience imposter syndrome also come from families or some type of environment where you're expected to be achieving things continuously. So this is like what I said a couple minutes ago about coming from an Asian household and having all that pressure to kind of always be succeeding and getting really good grades. Um, and I can, this, this is again just another piece of research that proves that like if you come from a family where you're kind of expected to be really good at everything and you're expected to like get straight A's or you know make X amount of money or whatever, you're more likely to experience the feelings of imposter syndrome. Um, people who come from families where they're expected to continuously be achieving things, um, their self-worth becomes reliant on achievement. So basically your self-worth comes from how well you perform and how much you accomplish. And instead of like realizing that you're worthy of like love and things like that and you're worth like you're just like a good person and like almost like having respect for yourself unless you kind of achieve a certain thing or unless you accomplish a certain amount of things you don't really have as much respect for yourself and like you're kind of you kind of beat yourself up more i guess and you're kind of a little too hard on yourself and that's because like you basically get your self-worth from how much you accomplish in life the next thing that i want to talk about is imposter syndrome and perfectionism so perfectionism is something that i definitely relate to um, so basically perfectionism is everything you need, everything you do needs to be perfectly done every single time and you don't allow yourself to make any mistakes. Um, another definition is difficulty asking for help because you feel stupid or beat yourself up for not being able to handle things on your own. It also includes constantly worrying about not having what it takes to do something, not being good enough to do something, um, it also includes when you do have success or when you do experience success, you don't give yourself the credit and you just think that you had it easy or you got lucky. So I talked about this before too about like my exams in fourth year and how I told my mom like I just got lucky for getting those grades. So basically not giving yourself the credit for your achievement, not giving yourself credit for like what you've accomplished and like things like that. Basically just like not celebrating your success and not celebrating your wins and not acknowledging the fact that you achieved those things because you worked hard and you put in the effort, but instead believing that you got where you are because you just got lucky. Common thoughts of people who experience imposter syndrome. So one thought that I kind of made up myself is I can't fail, I can't make mistakes, I can't screw up. This is something I used to tell myself literally at the start of every single school year. I'd be like, okay, Priya, like, no more mistakes. No more screwing up. You can't, you know, do badly on midterms anymore. Like, you can't get under an 85 on midterms anymore. Like, this is the year that you have to get, like, the best grades possible. I used to tell myself this all the time. And it's just very unrealistic to tell yourself that you can't fail or that you can't make mistakes because you are always going to fail and you are always going to make mistakes, like it or not. And I think this kind of mindset comes from, again, that pressure not to fail and people around you put you down for making mistakes or failing. Um, people who think like this are also less likely to enjoy or celebrate their accomplishments. So again, going back to 
feeling like you achieved something because you got lucky and not because you actually worked for it. So these are really common thoughts of people with people that experience imposter syndrome. Um, something else that I found online is the feeling feeling like you're a fraud or feeling like you're some type of fake. So a lot of the time people with imposter syndrome feel like they're wearing a mask that makes them seem more competent than you actually are and somebody else is more deserving of the role that you have. Um, so something that I used to hear all the time, like in first year especially, is like, oh, I think the admissions committee at the university made a mistake accepting me into this school or accepting me into this program because you don't feel like you're good enough to be in this program. You don't feel good enough to be at this university. You don't feel like you're good enough to get this degree. Or there is this other YouTuber that I watch. She actually goes to the Ontario Veterinary College. She's a veterinary student. Um, and she made a video back when she was in first year. I believe she's in third year now. Um, but she was like, in my first couple of weeks of vet school, she kind of talked about like how she felt like the admissions committee for vet school had like made a mistake accepting her because she didn't feel like she was good enough to be in the program. She didn't feel like she had what it takes to be a veterinarian and she felt like other people were more deserving of her spot, especially because of how competitive vet school is and like to get in. Um, so yeah, um, feeling like you're not actually good enough to be somewhere, feeling like you're not good enough to work at a certain job and feeling like somebody else should have taken your place instead. So the next kind of things that I want to talk about are how to deal with imposter syndrome and perfectionism. So I have a couple of questions that you can kind of ask yourself to help deal with this. And the first question is, what is it that you feel like you're not good enough to do or competent enough for? So what, what do you think you're not good enough for? What do you think you can't do? And so examples include like not feeling good enough for a certain job, not feeling qualified enough for a promotion, um, learning a new skill or if it's school related. So some of the examples that I have for myself are I don't feel good enough to be a vet. I don't feel smart enough to be in vet school. I don't feel good enough to be working at a vet clinic with animals. Um, I got lucky and managed to get my degree for my undergrad. All my fourth year classes were easier because of the pandemic. So we had less exams, which made it easier to get high grades in. And a lot of exams also got canceled or were open book. So in other words, I didn't get high grades because I worked for them or because I was smart enough to get them. But I only got high grades in fourth year because they made it easier since there was a pandemic and I got lucky that way. The next question to ask yourself is where do your feelings of inadequacy come from? So where, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like you're not good enough? And who made you think that? Or was it some type of experience that made you feel like you weren't good enough or something? So again, going back to growing up in a family where you were pressured to do well and succeed all the time. Um, sometimes it can come from getting scolded or basically being put down for not doing well or if people kind of make you feel bad for making mistakes or failing. People aren't supportive of that. Um, if you grew up kind of being told that success is what deems your self-worth, success is the most important thing in life. Um, and you basically feel like if you don't succeed, then there's no purpose of your life. You don't have any purpose unless you achieve all these things. 
Other things that these feelings can come from include being compared to other people. Um, This happens a lot in South Asian households where you'll get compared to like the older sibling or like you'll get compared to like some auntie's children or whatever. They'll be like, oh, well, you know, this person is in medical school or why can't you be more like this person because they get straight A's or they have this job or whatever. Happens a lot in Asian families, I think. I'm sure it happens in other types of, in other households as well. Um, other other times that feelings of inadequacy can show up from are when you kind of care more about what people will think of you. Um, I know I always grew up hearing like, oh, what will like, what will they think? Like, what will the rest of the family think knowing that you failed or knowing that you dropped out of school or something like that? Um, feelings of inadequacy can also come from past mistakes um, and, you know, being afraid to make the same mistakes or being afraid to just make more mistakes. Um, and also just being told that you're not good enough, experiencing rejection. Um, if you, like for me, like my boss at my old job would basically like straight up one day told me like, this job is not right for you. Like he literally said that to my face. He was like, you don't deserve to be in the veterinary field. And it was really discouraging. Um, so that's kind of a lot of the times, like, those are just a few examples of where imposter syndrome can kind of originate from and kind of stems from. The next question to ask yourself is, what would you do if you knew for a fact that you were actually good enough and that you were capable of doing this? Um, so some things that I did, like I kind of answered this question myself. If I knew that I was good enough to be a veterinarian, I would probably stop holding myself back so much. A lot of the times when I'm working at the hospital, I will just let the other kind of assistant to the doctor go and restrain the animal or I will basically just like stand there and let the other girls do it because I don't feel good enough to do it myself. Um, if If I knew that I was good enough, if I knew for a fact that my success came from my hard work, I would probably feel more proud of myself and I probably would have more respect for myself and like would actually take time to like celebrate my accomplishments instead of just not feeling satisfied something that i've realized is that a lot of people like myself when you constantly feel like you need to be succeeding and when you deal with things like perfectionism and imposter syndrome when you do actually achieve something it is so much harder to like be proud of yourself and you don't actually enjoy the fact that like you've achieved this really big goal and instead of a lot of the time you're kind of just like, okay, let's move on to the next goal, you know, let's move on to the next thing on the list. And it's so, it's so difficult for me because people, well, like people now, like I was taking my dog out for a walk a couple of days ago and I, I talked to um, somebody that lives on my street that I haven't seen in a bit. And he was like, just asking me about like university and stuff and like what I'm up to now. And I, I told him like that I graduated in the spring and he said, congratulations. And honestly, like I just, I honestly don't feel proud of myself and I think I've talked about this before I don't feel proud of the fact that I have this degree now like it doesn't give me the level of satisfaction that I was hoping that it would and I think that's because I'm so kind of like oh but I might have graduated from my undergrad but I didn't get into vet school so like I don't deserve to celebrate the fact that I made it through four years of undergrad because I didn't achieve my ultimate goal which was to get into vet school so it's hard to kind of celebrate your wins and celebrate your small little victories and I think It also helps you build confidence when you do take the time to like acknowledge the fact that you've worked hard and like give yourself a pat on the back for your efforts instead of just like telling yourself, oh, I just got lucky or something like that.
Um, the other thing that I have here is just some tips on how to kind of deal with feelings of inadequacy and feeling like you're not good enough. Just how to deal with imposter syndrome. A lot of this stuff is from personal experience and a lot of this is stuff that I researched. So my first kind of piece of advice is even if you truly aren't good enough at something, it doesn't mean you never will be good enough. And I got this again from another podcast. You can tell that I listen to a lot of podcasts, but anyway. Um, there was this podcast by um, Jay Shetty. I've talked about his podcast before. It's called, um, oh gosh, I can never remember what the freaking podcast is. Anyway, Jay Shetty's podcast. And he had um, Lindsay Sterling as a guest um, on one of his episodes. And if you don't know who Lindsay Sterling is, I don't know much about her. She's a violinist and... <clears throat> She was basically telling Jay on the podcast um, her story of like um, her career and like how she became what she became. And so she she talked about how like she auditioned for um, for like this show. It's kind of similar to like um, X Factor or something. It wasn't actually X Factor. I don't remember what the show was actually called, but she had auditioned with her violin. Um, she played something on her violin and she said like how the judges didn't like her performance and how like they basically told her that she wasn't good enough um, for what she wanted to do and she goes on to say like yeah I might not have been good enough then but like that doesn't mean that I was always not going to be good enough like I'm going to quote what she said here I'm not good enough versus I'm not good enough yet adding the yet means that you believe that you can get good at something by working at it versus telling yourself that I'm not good enough you kind of just leave it at that and tell yourself that you're never going to be good enough. So I guess moral of the story here is even if you're not good at something, even if you're not good enough at something now, doesn't mean you never will be. If you put in the work and put in the effort and practice whatever it is you're trying to do, whether it's an instrument or for me, restraining animals, you will get good if you put in the effort. So I guess instead of telling yourself that you're not good enough, Tell yourself that you can be good through hard work and give yourself like the chance and the opportunity to get good. And again, I'm not good enough versus I'm not good enough yet. The yet makes a really big difference, I think. My next piece of advice is to try not to see failure as something separate from success, but rather a step that leads to success. So if you look up like success quotes and stuff on Google Images or whatever, you always see like that classic like, highway picture like on the roads and like you see like one of the road signs pointing towards success and then you see one of them pointing towards failure I don't really like those pictures because I don't think that failure is necessarily separate from success um a lot of the times you do need to fail in order to succeed and it's just one of those steps that you need to take in order to reach success um, if you think of it as like a roller coaster, and I know this analogy has been used a million times for a million different things, success is not a straight linear line that just constantly goes up. You have highs and lows in your career or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. So failure is just one of the things, one of the steps that you need to take in order to reach success. This is something that obviously takes time for you to understand and time for you to see, but like failure really does help you in certain ways and I'm not trying to say like you know you should be happy that you failed or that you don't deserve that you shouldn't be feeling upset for failing but it's rather just acknowledge the fact that 
something good will come out of you making mistakes and you failing because you now know not to make those mistakes and you now know better. You're now smarter, more experienced, I guess is what I'm trying to say. My next piece of advice is to talk to people that you look up to and understand their own stories. Oftentimes people we look up oftentimes people we look up to also had to deal with similar things. They also had to make mistakes, they also failed, and they also probably at one point didn't feel good enough or even still don't feel good enough. And I think for me this this like whole like looking up to people and like having like mentors and stuff like for me obviously wanting to go to vet school I look up to a lot of veterinarians that I've worked with um I had no idea like so many people in the veterinary medicine field so many people who are now doctors failed or had made really big mistakes or had decided like to switch degrees I literally know like one person who was doing like theater arts at university for their undergrad and then decided like halfway through that they wanted to switch and they wanted to become a doctor and then they ended up getting rejected from medical school three times but on their fourth time they got in and now they're a doctor so I think oftentimes we when we look up to people I feel like we only look up to them for all the good things and like we look up to them because of what they've achieved but we don't necessarily look up to them because of what they've failed and all the mistakes that they've made and I think even like it's just it's more comforting knowing that all these people that you look up to whether it's somebody famous whether it's an athlete or you know an actress or whoever it might be it's it's comforting knowing that these really successful people also like were at very low points in their lives and also struggle with feeling like they're, they're not good enough or feeling like you know they're not competent enough for what they do and I think if you have the opportunity to talk to someone and obviously it's not just famous people if you look up to anyone in your life whether it's a friend or whether it's someone at work I would highly encourage you to like speak with them and like tell them how you're feeling and obviously stuff like this is difficult to kind of have conversations about and it's not really easy to open up about these types of feelings but it does help and it has helped me knowing that there are other vet students and like people who are in vet school now and people who are now veterinarians that didn't get in on their first try or had to apply like three or four times before they got in or didn't get in in their home country and had to move across the world because they got into a school abroad and now are veterinarians and are now succeeding like it's just comforting knowing that these people who I look up to also have to struggle to get where they are my next piece of advice is to look back at your previous achievements and try to retrace your steps as to how you reached that achievement and the reason why I think this is a good kind of exercise to do is because it'll help you realize that your past successes truly did come from your hard work and not just because it was a coincidence or because you got lucky so like for me getting my degree this is something I'm still working on is like okay did I actually get lucky and just get handed my degree because they decided to give me a degree or did I get my degree because you know I improved along the on along the way and because I worked hard and I have to kind of remind myself like you know it was really hard for me especially in first year like when I wasn't doing so well in school and I, I wasn't getting the grades that I wanted and failed a class and stuff like that to where I was in fourth year getting the best grades that I was they that didn't just happen by coincidence like I went from 
having an average that was very close to failing in first year to finishing with like a 4.0 average in my fourth year so being able to kind of remember those things and like retrace your steps of what it took you to achieve a certain goal and like kind of like writing it out and even like writing it out when it happens like if you achieve something I encourage you encourage you to like write about it the like as soon as you can and like right when you achieve it I encourage you to like capture some side of some type of memory and like write about like all the hard work that you did to like remember how it felt to put in all the effort and then remember how it feels to like to like receive like whatever award or to receive to reach your goal or whatever if you kind of make notes of how it feels to reach a certain goal and like just write about it or like pictures even like pictures of like you graduating or pictures of you I don't know doing whatever it is like a lot of the time like you don't actually realize just how much your own efforts contributed to your success but then when you go back and like actually think about it like when you think about you know graduating or think about getting a promotion you're like and you kind of remember like what work you were doing and like the things that you were doing to get there I think sometimes we often forget about the efforts that we make and it it's you can't really blame ourselves because our lives are so crazy and so busy but you know I have to remind myself too like I didn't just get my degree because they decided to give me a degree I worked for it even though like it seems like I'm a perfectionist and I feel like I can't wrap my head around the fact that I was able to do this because it seemed really impossible at once being able to have that proof for yourself that your hard work does pay off is everything and it will it's just a good reminder to show you that your hard work does do something and it does pay off in some way at the end the last thing that i have is this last piece of advice is is another question um that you can either journal about or just think about is what would you do or what would you be if you were less afraid to try and it was confirmed that you would succeed at whatever it is that you want to try so in other words what would you do if you had no limiting beliefs and knew that you would have a positive successful outcome so like for example for me if i knew that i was going to get into vet school if i knew that i was going to be a veterinarian in like 10 years from now or whatever what would i be doing right now because right now i don't know the answer obviously i don't have a crystal ball but imagine that you do have a crystal ball and this crystal ball shows you that in five years from now you are going to achieve the goal that you have been working on what would that change for you now would it change the way that you act would it change the way you think of yourself would you have more faith in yourself would you have more confidence would you be willing to try different things for me if i had a crystal ball in front of me right now that showed me an image of me in my white coat, in my scrubs, with a stethoscope around my neck, and I was at an animal hospital. If this crystal ball showed me that I'm a veterinarian in five years from now, then I would probably be a lot less stressed. I would be more willing to take chances. I would be doubting myself a lot less. I would be willing to kind of look out for more opportunities on how to like get more experience with animals and working with other people and learn more about the field because something I didn't mention is that 
after my last job at um, the vet hospital that I used to work at before, I honestly went through a massive phase of genuinely feeling like I wasn't meant to be a veterinarian, even though it's everything that I've always wanted. And I like, even now, sometimes I feel that way where I'm like, what if things not working out at my old job was just a sign for me to pick a different career, pick a different path? Like, what if it was all a sign telling me to give up on being a veterinarian? And so there's that doubt of not knowing what's going to happen and not knowing how everything is going to work out. But if you knew the outcome, I feel like if you knew, like, yeah, I know I'm going to get into vet school. I know that I'm going to be a veterinarian. And because I already know that this is going to happen for a fact, I'm going to be less stressed about it. I'm going to have more confidence. And you're more willing to make the effort, I think, if you truly believe in yourself versus if you... If you genuinely don't think that you're good enough, you're not going to try. Like if I, something that I've been asking myself is like, okay, you had this really bad experience at your old job, at the old animal hospital that you were at, but here you are like still working on a vet school application. Here you are still like emailing like farms and emailing veterinarians asking if you can come and like work for them and get experience. If you didn't think that you were good enough, then why bother like trying to get the experience? Why are you bothering volunteering at a new hospital why are you bothering even putting together an application if you don't actually believe that you're capable of doing it you know if i genuinely thought that i couldn't be a veterinarian and that i can't get into vet school why am i volunteering at a new clinic why am i working on a vet school application right now why am i emailing places asking them if i can come and volunteer on their farms and work with their animals you know and this is again something that i think is not really easy to wrap your heads around because obviously we don't know we don't know we don't have crystal balls that are going to tell us exactly what's going to happen in 10 years from now you don't have any type of confirmation that you're going to achieve this but you kind of just have to go with it and tell yourself like okay you know what this is what i want this is what i want to achieve in life this is what i want to do with my life and even though like anything could happen If I really want this, then I'm going to go after it anyway. And it all sounds really cheesy and really cliche, but sometimes like you just can't let the fear get the best of you. And I think a lot of what imposter syndrome is, is being afraid of things not working out. And even though it's not exactly the same, I genuinely have this fear of like, what if all of this is for nothing? What if everything that I've done up until now from doing my co-op in high school at a veterinary clinic, from working a part-time job, from volunteering, from my undergraduate degree, what if all of it's a waste? Like, what if I'm not even meant to be in science? What if science is not the field that I'm supposed to be in? And you can't, like, you can't let that fear get to you, you know? Because it's what you love, it's what I love. I love science, I love animals, and I love veterinary medicine. It's so much fun, I enjoy it, and it's what I want to do, and I don't need a crystal ball to show me that it's going to happen because I just have to work for it simply because I want to, simply because you enjoy it. And like I said, I think the best piece of advice out of everything that I've told you so far, if you can convince yourself that you will get good enough at something or that you will be good enough, 
if you genuinely believe that your efforts will pay off, I guarantee you, like, it'll make things so much easier. Because so many of us think that we're not good enough for something. And I feel this, like, every day. I ask myself this more often than I'd like to admit. Like, I'm not good enough to be in the veterinary industry. I'm not good enough for this job. But, like, just because I'm not good enough now doesn't mean I'm never going to be good enough. I'm trying to get good enough. The reason why I'm working and volunteering at these hospitals and trying to get experience is because I want to get good enough. I want to be good enough. Even if I'm not right now, doesn't mean I never will be. And I genuinely think that this is something that doesn't really get talked a lot about because, again, it's hard. And I think we live in a society where we are really pressured to be succeeding all the time. And we only ever tend to show, again, like like that highlight reel of showing everybody's success and showing people like all the awards and the trophies and the degrees and the money but then nobody actually talks about what it took to get there and nobody talks about the struggles and the self-doubt and the feeling inadequate and feeling incompetent feeling like you're not good enough for whatever it is you are so that's all I really have to say for this week's episode I hope that this was somewhat relatable and I hope that you take some of the advice that I provided and Kind of just think about it a bit and I hope that this has been helpful. I hope that you realize that you definitely aren't the only person that feels this way. A lot of us feel this way, if not most of us feel this way. And I believe that you can do it, whatever it is that you want to do. Whether it's finish a degree, whether it's work a certain job or travel or buy a new house, whatever it might be. I think you can do it. I think you have what it takes in you to do it. And even if you don't have a way right now, I think that someday you will figure it out. Someday you will be able to do whatever it is that you want, even if you don't have a plan right now. So that's my encouragement for you. Um, I definitely encourage you to also like do some of your own research on imposter syndrome. I actually really enjoyed doing it because again, I didn't really know exactly what it was. Um, so definitely like go on Google and like research articles that talk about imposter syndrome and there's some really good advice, probably better advice than I gave you here on how to deal with it and like what you can do to kind of overcome those things. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for this week. I hope that you enjoyed and as always, thank you so much for listening and I will catch you guys in a few weeks from now. Bye everybody.